0: Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about opening our eyes to a new view of life. I'm thrilled you joined us today. Not long ago, Forbes magazine reported on a large study that was conducted to discover a bit more about podcast listeners. Here's what they learned. A staggering 116 million people listened to a podcast in the last month. Each year, the number of podcast listeners grows by 21%. So no, you are riding a big wave of podcast consumption in the market today. And I hope that this podcast helps you think about how you can open your eyes to your potential in life. And if it helps, please don't hesitate to share this link with a friend. It may be what they need in their life today. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the unexpected... That we encounter in life. There are places in which the unexpected may not be good at all. The doctor's office, your wedding ceremony, your tax return, and at 30,000 feet in an airplane. But the unexpected happens more often than we think. On December 7th of last year, and then again on January 3rd and 4th, the auto pressurization light came on during three separate airline flights. And most concerning was the fact that it happened on the same type of aircraft, a Boeing 737 MAX 9. With less than a few hundred of these aircraft in service, the warning lights on three different aircraft were rare because all the aircraft were new. The fourth such incident is the one that got the most media attention and grounded the entire fleet of MAX 9s in the world. On January 5th, an Alaska airline flight took off from Portland International Airport. It was bound for Ontario, Canada, and was carrying 171 passengers. As the aircraft reached its cruising altitude at 16,000 feet at a speed of 400 miles per hour, the passengers settled in for a relatively short flight. Now, the MAX 9 is designed with several features. Behind the wings, there's a rear exit door, and the door exists because in evacuation situations an added door is necessary. However, on Alaska Airlines flights, The doors are plugged or not operational. The plane flown by Alaska Airlines that day was built by Boeing and delivered to Alaska just four months prior and only had 145 flights completed. On December 7th, the Portland flight was the second of the day, having just flown from San Diego to New York and back to Portland. Well, as the plane reached altitude, passengers inside heard a loud boom. And in the rear section of the aircraft, A roaring wind immediately filled the airline cabin. A two-by-four-foot piece of fuselage around the rear-plugged door blew outward, creating a wind tunnel that blew carry-on bags out of the plane, also cell phones, and even a shirt off a teenager seated nearby. As the door blew outward, the hole and the air rushing through it acted as a vacuum. The teenager seated directly ahead of the blowhole immediately felt the impact. His seat twisted backward, his seat headrest was ripped off, and his arms jerked upward toward the hole as his shirt blew off. His mother, seated next to him, held on to her son. On the plane that day, there were only seven open seats, two of which, luckily, were closest to the blown-out hole. Immediately after the door blew outward, oxygen masks dropped. People hurriedly put them on, and the flight attendants carefully helped each passenger near the hole in the aircraft to nearby seats. You see, at 16,000 feet, the oxygen level is about 90% lower. That's why planes are pressurized before they pass higher than 8,000 feet. The crew acted promptly, checked on passengers, and the pilots returned to Portland and landed safely. Well, not long after the incident, Bob Sauer, a Portland High School physics teacher, found the aircraft door in his backyard. Days later, United Airlines and Alaska Airlines said they inspected doors of other MAX 9 planes in their fleet and found loose bolts on the doors. As of today, 170 other MAX 9 planes have been grounded. Now, you can imagine being on a plane, seated next to the door, when unexpectedly the door flies away and everything around you is being sucked out of the airplane. No warning, no chance to prepare. Just an unexpected event that changed everything for the passengers that day. Now, in your life and mine, we may not have doors disappearing, but figuratively, doors open and close in our lives all the time. Unexpected doors. Our household income changes, jobs change, economies change, health, mood, relationships, and a host of other things can change unexpectedly. And the truth is, there are very few training courses on how to deal with the unexpected. But it may be one of the most important skills we can learn in life. No doubt in your life now and in the past and in the future, the unexpected will happen. You've all had it at one time or another. I had an accident that changed my health for my entire life. I had a fantastic job only to come to work one day and learn the company was purchased and the new owner wasn't keeping any employees. I've had someone close to me pass on suddenly. And life seems to give us situations and circumstances when we don't expect them. And this changes our path, forces us to turn left when we thought we were turning right. A.J. Cronin wrote, Life is no straight and easy corridor along which we travel free and unhampered, but a maze of passages through which we must seek our way, lost and confused sometimes, now and again, checked In a blind alley. But always, if we have faith, a door will open for us. Not perhaps one that we ourselves would ever thought of, but one that will ultimately prove good for us. And I've learned sometimes the unexpected is given to us to help us learn and to bring us a bit closer to who we're meant to be. So, how do we face, deal with, and thrive from and during the unexpected? And when we look for the door in the midst of change, If we find it, we can deal with that change better. I don't know if you've ever jumped out of an airplane, but free-falling through the air is ranked as one of the top 10 adventures in a lifetime. When you jump from a plane, how fast you fall is a function of two things, body weight and wind resistance. And if you minimize wind resistance and position yourself in a head-down position as you free-fall, you will likely reach speeds of 240 miles per hour. If you fall belly down with your arms out, you actually slow your fall to around 120 miles per hour. To fall this fast for some people is a nightmare and for others is a rush. Well, Emma was so excited to leave her home in Australia for a three-month trip to Europe. She had all sorts of bucket list worthy things planned, including doing a skydive over the Alps in Switzerland. She was a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so she wasn't nervous at all when the plane took them into the sky and the time for the jump came about. She volunteered to jump first with an instructor strapped to her back. The first few seconds were exhilarating. They were falling fast. She felt the speed and massive pull to the earth, something she'd never felt before. The jump was everything that she thought it would be. Well, after a while she noticed the parachute hadn't opened up. So she called to the instructor behind her and yelled, what's going on? There was no answer. There was no answer, but the wind screaming in her ear. So she assumed he couldn't hear her and thought, he knows what he's doing. But she kept falling, plunging straight down at high speed, and there was still no sign of the parachute. Why isn't he answering me, she thought. And when she turned around to look at her instructor, she realized Everything had gone terribly wrong. What she saw was that both the parachute and the reserve chute had been deployed. Both were tangled and had collapsed. They had not expanded or slowing their descent at all. The emergency chute was actually the parachute from her backpack. And when it was deployed, the cords had become tangled and wrapped around the instructor's neck and strangled him unconscious. Well, Emma panicked. She didn't know what to do. She couldn't turn herself around to help her instructor. She couldn't get the parachutes to expand. She couldn't extricate herself from the situation, and they were falling really fast. As she had time to collect her thoughts, she realized she was about to die. She started analyzing the situation. They were falling so fast, could it be possible to survive the landing? She thought, I really don't want to die. Then she had a moment of calm. She thought, Until that moment, I had never really appreciated my life. I had just taken it for granted. She said when she had this thought, everything slowed down a bit. Yes, she was falling. Yes, she was about to die. But she was so grateful for her life. It turned her panic to peace. Well, Emma hit the ground first, with her instructor still strapped to her back and his falling on top of her. And all she could feel was shock. But she survived. She thought, how did I survive? She felt such gratitude to be alive. Well, they'd landed in the middle of a field just a few yards from a concrete road. The paramedics later told her if they had landed on the road, they would have both definitely have been killed. Her mouth was full of blood. Her whole body was in the most intense pain she'd ever felt. She knew somehow she needed to get help, and she was worried her instructor was dead. So despite the pain from her injuries, she tried to roll over and get him off of her. That was when she discovered she couldn't move anything below her waist. Not her legs, toes, abs. She couldn't even roll over. Now, she realized that she might be paralyzed and would never walk again. And the thought came to her, maybe it would have been better if I had died in the fall. Well, help soon arrived and she was airlifted to the hospital. She had a broken pelvis, shattered teeth. She broke her spine in two places, suffered a spinal cord injury, which caused her paralysis and a few other injuries. During that first week, she was told that she would likely be a paraplegic and would not have use of her legs for the rest of her life. At first, her attitude was dismal. How could her life change so drastically, so unexpectedly? Well, she sat for months wishing she hadn't gone skydiving that day, wondering why this happened to her and feeling like her life was no longer on track. After a month in Switzerland, she flew home. And over the course of the next year, she started moving her feet, then knees, then legs. Today, she walks with a noticeable limp. She still has a little feeling in her legs or pelvic region, and she has no bladder control. She's often embarrassed because of it. She says she misses having a body that works the way she wants it to work, but she remembers so many positives. The feeling she had when falling of how much she valued her life. The first day she walked. And the fact that she now views her body so much differently, it's no longer something that defines her image, but rather a tool for her to live and enjoy life. In the end, she says, if you're going to go through a traumatic time and it feels like your world is ending, there is hope. Your worst moment could end up becoming the beginning of the most incredible journey of your life, if you let it. Don't let things just happen. You have to make them happen. And that's what people tend to forget. You are always responsible for writing the rest of your story. Now, I'm sure all of us, while not experiencing skydiving falls, have had unexpected falls in our own life. I have. I've broken many of the same bones as Emma. I've made mistakes, let myself down, let others down, and been paralyzed at times mentally and emotionally. And I know almost everyone listening to this podcast today has had similar falls. We all fall. We all fail. We're all handed unexpected circumstances in life. Sometimes they're beyond our control. And we all make mistakes, sometimes serious mistakes. And when we do, much of the time, we torment ourselves thinking, why did I do that? Or I wish that hadn't happened. It's a normal and reasonable reaction. But what I've learned is that Emma is right. There are positives, things we can learn from the most unexpected things in life. And while the story we're writing in our life no longer follows the same plot, the sooner we close that chapter, the sooner we can focus on writing the rest of our story, the better. For years, I led a small team that was growing a business internationally. We made a lot of mistakes. Sometimes we weren't aware of regulatory matters or made mistakes in communication or other things. When we realized the predicament we were in and that it would take a lot of work, and we had to figure out new solutions or whatever the difficult road was ahead, I would tell my team, the only way through it is through it. Meaning, there's no other path but through the pain. And it became a bit of a mantra for us. The only way through it is through it. And when the unexpected happens and you come to this realization, it relieves you of so much baggage. You can stop blaming yourself or others for the circumstances in which you find yourself, And you can stop reliving your decision making and you can accept the fact that you are where you are. This is turning the page on your chapter in life. And it's sometimes very hard to do. And what is most hard is this over the months or years that we have lived unable to turn the page and move on, we've created thought patterns in our head. These are patterns of thinking in which we relive our fall, blame ourselves or others, and create this. Circular loop to which we return in times of stress or quiet or whatever triggers our thinking. And we must learn to break with and from these thinking patterns and close that chapter in our lives. This is where your belief window can change your life. Remember, a belief window is the lens through which we've been viewing ourselves in our world. And we all have a belief window. It is a proven research based fact that we have formed a lens that takes the world and creates the thought patterns that we're thinking. And we can take the lens or glass out of our window and replace it with another different way of thinking. And here's how you do that. Fully accept where you are and what you are. And that doesn't mean that where you are is where you'll stay or who you are is what you'll become. But it is where you are today. And perhaps while different than what you expected, You may be in the circumstances you are for a reason. One author wrote, One day after my own divorce, I was walking the beach when my thoughts wandered to the question, how did my life get so off track? It was at that moment I realized my life wasn't off track at all. I was exactly where I needed to be at this time in my life. Now, for many of you, maybe one of the unexpected things to come along is a change in your business or the team you lead. It could be your family or the team you lead there. And this is likely because whenever we deal with people or teams, things change. Perhaps you've lost a key team member. Perhaps your business isn't growing and the team is struggling. Or perhaps someone in your family is facing significant change. So here are a few important actions you can take to see your way past change in a way that helps your team and you immensely. First, the environment you create after the unexpected happens is critically important. What we surround ourselves with does make a difference. For example, if the environment is positive in your family, do they feel that despite change? And if so, there is hope and peace at home. And your own environment matters too. A few years ago, I took over leadership of an organization that needed change. A few key members of my team were unable to remain positive. They constantly looked back to the way things were. I tried for months to help them and keep the environment productive, but eventually they left. And as I look back on things, we would have never made the changes we needed with them as part of our environment. Perhaps your environment needs to improve. In change, it helps to fill our mind also with good things, to partner with those who can help you learn and keep your perspective where it should be. Next, ask questions, because questions will lead you to possible solutions. And as you find new solutions, you will feel a surge of optimism and faith in the midst of change. It is amazing the power behind learning new things. It makes almost everything fresh, new, and inviting. Here's a simple example. If you've had a disruption in your job or source of income, this can be scary and paralyzing at the same time. You see, most of us, when change happens, freeze. We become scared and unsure. And in these circumstances, we don't feel empowered to act. My friend Jake Olson felt this way when he lost his eyesight as a teenager. But he said, What made all the difference was when he asked a few questions. He asked, what can I do to prosper in my new circumstances? He asked, what does God have in store for me? And the answers to both of these questions made all the difference to him. He found he was a great student. He could still golf. He could play on the football team as a long snapper. And he was more sensitive to others who were in the midst of change themselves. He also found greater faith in God. He said a scripture sustained him. The scripture was Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This answer to his questions served as an anchor to the life he built after the unexpected happened. This change, while not easy for him, was part of the plan that God had for him in his life. Don't ever doubt that things have been ordered and prepared for you. In the Old Testament, Elisha, the prophet of Israel, is with his assistant. And during the night, the soldiers of Syria surround them. In the morning, when they awoke, the assistant cries to Elijah, Alas, master, what shall we do? But Elisha has the prepared view. He understands. He says back to his student, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. But the assistant didn't get it. He didn't see. So Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And the young man saw and beheld. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about. In short, there was a host of angels with horses and chariots that were fighting for them. I believe if we could see things as they really are, we would see that in the midst of the unexpected, We have more going for us than we usually think. We have help and preparation and ability and support. So don't doubt. Have faith. If you're going to doubt anything, doubt your doubts. But don't doubt that you may have been brought to the place that you are just for a time as this. Even if it feels like you're not making much progress towards your goals this year or your business or your habits, don't doubt. There is more with you than you think. The next skill for dealing with the unexpected is something I've done for many years in my life, and it works for me, and I found great power in it. And in the midst of change, it is called doing an appraisal. Now, when you're buying a house, for example, an appraisal is an unbiased professional opinion of the home's value. The appraisal is used to determine whether the home's price is appropriate given the home's condition, location, and features. And even more, It lists the valuable parts of your home and puts the value on those things. So in the middle of the unexpected, do an appraisal of all the assets you have to take action despite your setbacks. So right now, you're listening to this podcast. Think about the unexpected thing that has either happened or is happening in your life. Right now, think about the way you are prepared for your challenges at hand really, just take a minute and list the ways you're prepared. Do an appraisal. I mean, really think about it. For example, if you're a mom raising challenging kids, you know them better than any other person and you know how to reach them and they love you and trust you. You're better prepared to reach them and influence them than any other person. If your business is slowed, you have assets. You know your product. You have skills in reaching new customers. You and your team work together well. You're prepared to start anew because you've done it before. Can you see how an appraisal helps you open your eyes and see that the unexpected is not as strong as the assets that you already possess? Now, there is a process, a sort of list to follow, that can help you map your way through the unexpected. And this process is well-researched. In fact, change is one of the most researched areas of psychology Because that is what a lot of people struggle with. So, here's the proven process. Notice how these steps build from one to the next. First, acknowledge the fact and accept that surprises and unexpected events are part of life and unavoidable. When you accept this fact to some extent, it'll be easier to deal with whatever happens in your life. Life is dynamic, not static. And unexpected things happen to all of us. Second, keep your faith and your positivity as we have already discussed. Third, when making a plan through the unexpected, be flexible. The first plan is not always perfect. You must be able to adjust. And this prevents you from getting discouraged or falling into a state of helplessness and fear and not knowing what to do next. Fourth, be patient with the setbacks that may come with the unexpected in life. For example, if your business has experienced the unexpected, it's likely that the bad news isn't over. So, some more unexpected things may happen, but also expect that if you remain consistent in doing the right activities, while it might take a bit longer than you think, you can reach your end goal. Fifth, all solutions to the unexpected don't have to be big. You'll be surprised at the power of reading a daily devotional, for example, in the morning and what it does to your faith and enables you to sustain action in the midst of change. Small changes help your mindset. Adding exercise to your daily routine, another example, can change your physical feelings, giving you more strength. Next, a certain degree of emotional detachment is important. What does that mean? Well, a famous Harvard professor who taught and studied change most of his life said, you cannot deal with the unexpected effectively as long as you're subject to a thing. You must be object to it. And when you're object to it, like a camera looking at yourself, when you take a step back from the problems and the surprises and the unexpected events, you tend to be less affected by them and you can assess your actions with more independence from them. Last, when you feel powerless and unable, turn to your sources of faith. When you know that there's a power that can aid you and see you through, it allows you to persevere despite what may seem like overwhelming odds. A number of years back, heavily pregnant mother Debbie Owen, accompanied by her four-year-old daughter Claire, was flying from Ghana, where she worked, to London on a British Airways flight. She was flying home to spend the last few weeks of her pregnancy there and to deliver her baby. But on the long flight to London, unexpectedly, she went into labor. She said, A few hours into the flight, I went to the toilet and saw to my horror that I was bleeding. I was worried that there was something wrong with the baby and pressed the alarm button. A cabin attendant put out a call over the speaker system to see if there were any midwives or doctors on board. To my huge relief, a very friendly and calm Dutch doctor appeared. He had been working in the African bush, delivering babies with no medical equipment. I couldn't have hoped for a better support, especially as contractions started. We were moved to first class. The captain came out of the cockpit and told me landing was not really an option. We were flying over Algeria and there would not be a hospital nearby and issues with language and currency would make it very difficult for me. He advised me to hold on for four hours. I knew I had to stay calm and quiet, not just for me and the baby, but also for my four-year-old daughter, who was too young to understand what was going on. The doctor checked on me periodically, as did the captain. He told me that each airport we flew over had been put on standby in case we had to make an emergency landing. We flew over Madrid, and the captain explained that if we reached Paris, we wouldn't stop, but would make a dash for London. Soon, the urge to push became unbearable. And when the captain told me we had passed Paris, I knew the baby wouldn't wait anymore. As soon as I said I had to give birth, everyone rushed into action. The other passengers in first class were moved. My seat was open into a bed and a large plastic sheet stretched over it. Within two minutes and with one push, my baby was born. She was a girl and she was healthy and beautiful. Now, what's remarkable is how Debbie handled this unexpected event. Her husband was going to follow her weeks later, but now she had a baby and it wasn't even born in a specific country and a host of other issues that she had to deal with. But here's what she did. She forgot all of that, smiled, and she named her daughter Shona Christie Yevis, spelling out the initials SKY, and gave her daughter a namesake that said, you can make the very best Of the unexpected. Now, you and I can follow Debbie's example and turn the unexpected in our lives to something good. Name it if you want to. Thank God for it. See what you can learn from it and chart a course that will turn it into good in your life. Remember, life is not a straight and easy path along which we travel free and unhampered, but a maze of passages through which we must seek our way sometimes without clarity. The things we've talked about today, I hope, can help you in these unexpected times of life. Well, most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.